Across the globe, 2,800 dedicated soldiers and civilians at 23 locations in 11 time zones stand ready. This is SMDC. All right, everyone, welcome to a special edition of the High Ground Podcast, the official podcast of U.S. Army Space and Missile Defense Command. I'm Ronald Bailey. Today, we're bringing to you a piece developed by Sergeant First Class Aaron Ronstad, a U.S. Army Reserve Public Affairs soldier currently assigned to SMDC. In his piece, Sergeant First Class Ronstad will go behind the scenes to talk with soldiers from SMDC's 1st Space Brigade, who were at An Al-Assad Air Base in Western Iraq a year ago this week during the January 8, 2020 Iranian missile strike. At times tense, you'll hear how these SMDC soldiers prepared for the worst, took care of each other, and ultimately continued their mission, delivering vital space-based capabilities to the warfighter. Let's take a listen. It's been more than a year now since Iran launched ballistic missiles at Al-Assad Air Base in Iraq but it's still very fresh in the minds of the soldiers from Army 1st Space Brigade Forward Detachment 1, who are on the receiving end of the attack. The strike, in retaliation for the death of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani from a U.S. drone attack, occurred during the early morning hours of January 8, 2020. Whether or not the strike was intended to kill American service personnel and contractors is up for debate. Regardless, though, it came within a couple hundred yards of them. They've received prior notice missiles were coming their way, which gave them time to run for cover in a nearby bunker. Major John C. Hoyt, commander of Detachment 1, describes the morning's events in detail. So we were in direct line with our sister company, and they actually called and said, hey, there's some rounds coming your way. Without any hesitation, Major Hoyt then ordered all of his soldiers into a nearby bunker. And during that time, we're grabbing sensitive items, and uh, Sergeant Keller was taking accountability at the end of the hallway, and that's when the round started hitting. And from there, you could feel the shockwave. I saw uh, Sergeant Keller's hair go completely vertical. Sergeant First Class Keller, the non-commissioned officer in charge of Detachment 1, describes that harrowing moment. Um, it, was a, it was a huge impact. It felt like I'd been punched in the chest. Um, I don't really remember if I threw myself over, if I was knocked over by the blast wave, but my, uh, my detachment commander was on the other end of the hallway from me, um, and he saw my hair fly up my face because I was in the doorway counting everybody off on the way out, keeping accountability on the way out the door. The doors, the doors ended up blowing, blowing in and uh, I think half the dead made it into the bunker and the other half was remaining in the building uh, during the first volley um, of fire. And then when there was some kind of about, <clears throat> seemed, appeared to be a tactical pause, that's when we took off and ran into the bunker. Um, and as soon as we got in the bunker, we had 100% accountability. Um, all the NCOs did a great job, uh, and my, uh, my captains uh, doing health and welfare checks, uh, making sure we had everything, everyone was okay. 
and then more rounds started falling in. And then from there, um, because we have a mission to do, we had to maintain situational awareness uh, of the area and what was going on despite of all the rounds coming in. So myself and uh, Captain Ford, we, we ran back into the building uh, to establish comms and to check any messaging over chat. Captain Alex Ford, executive officer in charge of Detachment 1, explained what happened next. You feel everything kind of hitting and vibrating, doors rocking. Um, and by the last impact of that first volley, the door to the backyard, we call it the backyard, but it's, you know, the, the door to the, to the yard that we had kind of fenced in actually blew off the, the hinges. Um, and then each, you could smell the debris and the dust in the air. We had stuff get kicked under doors and, um, you know, it's immediately started kicking in like, hey, we need to, we need to start figuring out what's going on. Um, and then in the meanwhile, JTAGs continued to call us to let us know more rounds were coming. And then from there, we ran back into the bunker and we did that um, several times throughout the night uh, in between. And then in, so um, once we got through all the volleys and it seemed like everything started to subside, you can hear, um, they, I believe it was the AC-130s, I believe we were shooting and we didn't know what they were shooting at. So we're in the bunker have no idea what's going on. And you can also hear small arms fire going on in one of the towers. Now to this day, I don't know what they were shooting at. Whether or not small arms fire occurred that morning is unknown. An ammo cache was reportedly struck though, which could have been what Major Hoyt heard. Numerous Det-1 soldiers also claimed to have heard rounds popping off, as well as the AC-130 gunship firing overhead. Sometime later, after the fourth volley of missiles, the all-clear was given to vacate the bunker. We emerged from the bunker. Uh, we took up defensive positions around our building um, and resumed operations as best we could uh, to protect in case of uh, the event of a ground assault. Um, and we waited it out till morning. That the ballistic missile threat's over for now. Um, the newest biggest threat, the newest biggest issue is, is a ground attack. So they said, hey, get, get prepped get ready for a ground attack. You know, everybody, everybody kind of turned into the infantry, man. We, we put uh, four soldiers on the roof with two uh, light machine guns. Uh, we had a couple guys that were real good, real experienced with uh, the light machine guns. Uh, Sergeant Elac, Sergeant Berger, uh, Specialist Escobar, and uh, uh, Sergeant Evil Pfizer. Um, it could have been us, it could have been, it could have been anybody, uh, 
but at that point we we're just waiting to see what um, our government and our leaders had to say on TV just like anybody else and see what was if there was going to be you know some kind of response to it or it sees so uh, we're sitting here watching you know President Trump uh, give out a give out a speech on the response and see what was going to happen to see if there was if there was more to come and long story short obviously there wasn't but um, we all ended up sleeping in in our building in, in the in the workspace uh, that entire night and pulling some of us pulling over 24 hours uh, of shift and duty some people couldn't sleep um, but they all mean uh, we, we still maintained operations um, and you know just continued on with the mission despite all that soldiers surveyed the damage and took in their surroundings after the attack the biggest damage was what right across the street actually where the first I think the first one hit it was, it was a huge crater um, and in the middle of the night when it actually hit, when we went outside, it looked like the sky was on fire. Uh, the, the missiles had hit along the flight line, uh, and I think they probably hit some fuel because it was just all on fire. Captain Ford, Sergeant First Class Keller, and Major Hoyt all reflected on the experience and what it meant to them. Very incredible. You know, at the time, you don't really get a chance to, to think things through. You had maybe two or three seconds where you, you kind of panic. Um, you quickly kind of shut that out and uh, get to work, make sure people are, are uh, safe and, and doing their job. But uh, it, it was um, it was definitely the, the craziest thing I've been a, been a part of and experienced. Um, you know, everything from feeling the, the ground shake from the shocks, um, the overpressure hitting you, debris kind of falling around you, the, the dust in the air kind of getting in your lungs all night. Uh, it was, and then, you know, the, the big thing was the unknown. You know, we didn't really have a lot of information. Nobody really knows how to prepare for those kind of things. It's not something that you really expect to happen to you. Um, you know, people think about income or, or small arms and, and all sorts of other things that could happen but nobody really thinks about a strategic weapon being targeted at you. So it's not really something people prepare for. So it was definitely, there's a lot of uh, learning going on that night. The feeling when a ballistic missile strikes within a few hundred yards of where you're at is, uh, say like nothing else in the world. It was, it was terrifying, but you do what you have to do to take care of your soldiers and to make sure everybody's okay. And all the leaders in that detachment did everything right that night and all the soldiers did everything right that night to take care of themselves and each other. Um, it was so much adrenaline because you never know where the next missile's going to hit. You never know when the next round's going to come. You can hear the incoming, incoming, incoming on the big voice system and JTACs did great. They called us, they would send their report and they would call us immediately. Um, but you never know where the next one's actually going to strike. And it's, it's scary. It's scary sitting here talking about it, remembering it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of things go through your mind. So uh, the way those things came in, it sounds exactly like a jet engine coming in right at you. And when it hits, it is nothing like I've ever experienced. Again, it was my four, fourth deployment. I've been hit by, you know, like mortar rounds, rockets, um, things like that. And that was something that I would 
I don't know, it's it's unimaginable uh, type of feeling. Um, so obviously adrenaline was high. Uh, there was a lot of mixed emotions. Many of our soldiers were first-time deployers, uh, very young, um, but very poised and ready and very resilient. Um, so they, they did very well. No one hesitated. Uh, they did exactly what they were told. And they even brought in great ideas. Um, so they they all did they all did what they were supposed to do. I, I couldn't like it was more like we did battle drills and they did they executed you know with 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 great pride. This is SMDC.